Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts, is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. We'll just. We haven't started yet. Are you still working on your screen? Is that what's going on? No, I no, no, no. Now I'm now I'm ready. Okay, here we go. No cold open today, folks. Just getting into the beauty intro that is is Ryan's intro to amazing guests. Today, we've got the man that controls your your reading eyes late hours of the night or lately by seven p.m. local time. Um. He's got his own podcast that you need to trust is a good show, um, loosely based on uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, which we'll probably get into because aside from Allen Iverson, there is probably not a whole other lot of reasons to be cheering for a team like that, but that's okay. We already have a team like that over here. Um, Wrestling aficionado. um, He's just grounded in the scene. Um, He covers the armies for your Vancouver Canucks and... uh, his Twitter handle was named after one of the most popular moments in Canucks history um, that somehow put them to the Stanley Cup, which they still lost. Welcome to the PP1 podcast, Wyatt the Stanchion Arndt. How you doing, bud? Good. It's actually a fun story. I had to choose between the Stanchion as a tag or Luongo's poo, and I didn't know which one to go with, but I chose <laughs> the Stanchion and it paid off pretty good. So, Do you think you would have got called out if you actually called yourself Luongo's poo? That would, I mean, when I first did the stanchion thing, I obviously was pretending to be the actual, you know, inanimate object. I don't think I could have role-played being a poo for, like, a week. That would have been, like, too too much. Or I couldn't Daniel Day lose that one. So <laughs> I'm glad I did the stanchion only. Being a metal object was fine, but, like, being a poo, like, what are you going to do with that? Is that how corn, it was in like, the early years? It was, it, was, it was you pretending to be an actual stanchion? Yeah. I, I, so, obviously, like, I had... um like, I don't know, 30 followers. This is back in the day with like one person, I think it was Daniel Wagner, like liked one of my tweets. And I was like, oh my God, Daniel. I made it. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> one like. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Social media is so insane. Uh, and then uh, that stanchion goal go down. I think like a couple of days later, I just like bring in my account as the stanchion for fun. And like, it was like, thanks for the, the good goal, BXL. Thank you for the pass. It just took off. And like, I literally played it up as me being the stanchion for like, no, I think two weeks. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. This is too, this is the, I'm depressed now. I can't, I can't keep this up. So I just slowly kind of like, 
switched it over to hockey talk and then some people were mad some people stopped falling like, no I, I came for the stanch and stuff i was like i'm sorry <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> oh you're i'm telling you like i got to get out now while it's hot like if i ride this for a year you know how sad this is gonna be for both of us so i got out <laughs> two weeks in and yeah it turned into what it is today so it's kind of a, a surreal moment but yeah it's uh, it's helped me out pretty good what did you pick up like follower wise during that first that first two weeks I got up to like around 2000 followers. Holy jeez. Nutty. Cause like, again, this is 2011. Fans are losing their shit. They're going to the Stanley Cup finals. Like, they're so excited. So, like, they were just like, let's get on board. And social media was so, like, you know, you know, for Canucks fans, especially, it was like, they were, everyone was involved. So, yeah, I definitely uh, rode a lightning in a bottle on that one. Aaron <laughs> Rome's missed shot. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ones I coach wasn't that were sad. Tanner Glass missing. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There's just too much, too much. Yeah. That's okay. You know what? I, it's funny. There's always a story that we can go back to that year that is just deeply saddening and like hilarious at the same time. Like, yeah, you, you can go yeah. back and we can remember when this happened and remember when this happened. And you're like, yeah. And then remember when they lost again and broke our hearts? Yeah. And then we lit the city on fire. Oh, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just it, it can always get back to that. And we think, you know what? We have to move on. But you can't. You can't. No. Well, we couldn't move on, right? Because when that was going on, Ryan and I were both working inside Jersey Cities. Right. So, I mean, like, everyone and their dog knew where to find us to come talk shit. So yeah. we just could never escape it. It was just terrible. Day right. after Game 7. Oh, yeah, we're aware. We had our TVs on, too, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you noticed, like, the city and all that was going on. Yeah, we're aware. We're, we're tuned in. Yeah. Like, my goodness. Dude, it's funny to think about now, like, back then. Remember, like, the week after that, there were, like, people, like, posing inside the, the shops they'd broken into, like, holding Pringles yeah. over their head. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, I caught my Pringles, a lot of drugs. I stole them. Like, now nah, you're going to jail. Congrats. Yeah. Like, Way to follow that through. Yeah. Like, good job, everyone. I hope it was worth it. Like, I, I don't even know how you, okay, I understand getting caught up in things, but how do you get caught up in things thinking, I'm going to go in there and grab some Pringles? Like, <laughs> like go big or go home. Grab something more. Take something. <laughs> Don't just settle for the Pringles, guys. Like, like, if you're going to give the Pringles, you might as well take, like, the expensive sparkling water. I mean, yeah, there's got to right? be more there than just the Pringles. Yeah, get some Perrier, you know. Come on. <laughs> Maybe some, like, the bit. good nail clippers or, you know, <laughs> go around like, well, my wife did want, like, that. Well, the Jador, like, this is going to be my chance. I <laughs> can't afford this. Stuff. Yeah. You could know, just hit, hit it. Like, hun, we're set up for years. I'm on, like, all the cameras, so that's going to be yeah. a problem. But um, nostalgia. Ted, you kind of brought up in our rundown that uh, nostalgia is coming back. What, what, uh, yeah. what excites you about our our yesteryear? Well, well, I had just, I had just saw that obviously the new Might Ducks TV series is dropping, <laughs> um, and so it, I thought that was though? pretty crazy. Like we re- we recently just started watching like Young Rock, and I'm like just loving watching all these like these wrestlers from the '80s, right? Like, and they have like actual actors playing these characters, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, like, we just finished wrapping up, like, the, the Karate Kid series. Why are you watching any of that stuff at all? Karate Kid series is so good because they, <sighs> they basically write it like it's wrestling. Like, it is wrestling yes, from the 80s. Yes. That's what it is, right? <laughs> just, like, like got it. black and white storylines. They got villains. They got the twist. They got the, the backstabs. They got the alliances forming. The it is managers. one of the greatest shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah, like, it's so much. It's so good. Yeah, I cannot recommend that uh, show enough. So this right, is, you haven't gotten into this This yet? is the Cobra Kai Yes. Yes, Cobra Kai. Like, yeah, I haven't got into it yet. But well, yeah, I, I usually to catch up on. I, and I so come in late though. Through. I come in like I just started Breaking Bad like what four months after you started it. So I'm like clearly late to the game. Like Married with Children, I think will be the next one. I heard that was really good. So 
It's, it's solid, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that pans out, maybe all in the family after yeah. that. So Roseanne's pretty good family yeah. sitcom. Yeah, yeah I heard, that. heard that tick off too. So, yeah. No, go watch, the thing with Cobra Kai, like you watch one episode, and it's, it's such easy viewing. Honestly, you watch one, you'll be able to, to pound it back pretty quick. So I do recommend it. And if you like, if you watch the like the movies at all, all you can think about is like, oh yeah, I totally remember that scene. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself watching the original Karate Kid, right? So that's that's again, the hook. They, they again, and they they do the right thing, and they show that Daniel wasn't the good kid he was portrayed as. He's a bit of a heel. So I like that they, they focus on that a bit. They got some shades of gray in there, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We kind of get that in the entourage uh, throughout. Uh, yes, that's that right. whole thing. No. You're like, huh? <laughs> like so, he wasn't like the clean cut boy. That like, wow, like he's kind of yep. like a sleaze ball. All right, and Johnny was right. <laughs> yeah, Johnny drama. Who knew? So really, you know, it it does make sense. I guess we should probably get the pleasantries out of the way. Um, welcome to the PP One podcast. We are part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, Ted and Ryan are here with Wyatt today. Uh, Brady can't be here. Um, thoughts are with you, bud. Um, he's got some family stuff to deal with, and uh, so we will run it out from here. Um, Ted, we're still giving away a pair of summer skates this week. I saw your little tweet there. They are so mm-hmm. comfy. I've been wearing these now. What two weeks? I guess breaking them in everywhere. I'm all around the house, you know, inside trying to break them in. These things are like slippers already. I love them. So everybody that's been winning, uh, who was it that just they just showed off their Bo Horvat ones? Uh, I think it was like I can't remember his name. I don't even know if I've got his actual name, but it's a Gamer Cog. Yeah, yeah, Gamer Cog eighty eight. He was um, he was yeah. pretty jacked. Huge Canucks fan. Like he he got in there, showed off like I don't know, it was like fifteen of his jerseys from like every single era and. So I feel like the right guy won it for sure. He, he sent a little video. He was completely decked out. He had his, his like Canucks, like team jacket on and like track pants and then his summer skates. And he was rocking the 53 Horvat Jersey and then the same summer skates. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I was pretty happy for the guy. I loved did they, it. Did they do NFL summer skates. Boy? They don't yet, but okay. you can, yeah, there's uh, a bills. If I get the Buffalo bills, I'm going to be on board. Oh, hard. bills guy. Bills yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I think they get, I mean, I'm sure if you sent out, you could probably get like a, custom logo if you change like one little thing in there but i don't know wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, be a terrible idea that. you never know i mean i mean they're hockey laces but yeah i know i'm just hoping they expand that'd be awesome yeah. you know what we we can talk to him maybe that'll happen maybe gets another license in there so you and i you and i are kind of connected i'm a browns fan yep so obviously baker and, and alan are forever going to be connected same with lamar those next contracts are coming up what do you think buffalo is going to do I'm just, I can't, today I couldn't believe that Trubisky's joining the Bills. I'm like, what's going on there? That's what a, <laughs> That's going to work out world. well. This is, there's some weirdness happening with the QBs yeah. right now, that's for like, sure. Nothing wrong with having, like, uh, like I think Allen's established himself. I don't think there's any concern, but, like, no. and I like having a good backup, but it is kind of weird that, like, Trubisky's here. And, you know, you know again, good to have that backup because who knows what'll happen. I, but, you know, for Allen, you know, just seeing the contacts are going out there, he's going to get paid to the moon, man. Like, He's he's gonna want more than Dak, and he's gonna want a lot of money. And I don't really have a problem paying him because I've I've started to become a huge believer in Josh Allen. So you're gonna go in, I'm going on him. So again, I used to be a Dallas guy because like when I was young, I oh, scored the Canucks huh. and they were terrible. So I just wanted a team that was winning. And in the '90s, that was the Cowboys. But I never liked it. I always felt awkward. I'm like, oh, I obviously was a bandwagon back in the day, but I swore them just for the sake of it. But their team owner is horrible, so I couldn't really get behind them. And <laughs> You know, watch that documentary in the four Super Bowls, and it's kind of like I kind of gravitate towards fan bases that know the pain the Canucks know. So, like, I used to like the Red Sox because they knew, but then they started winning. Like, you guys, I don't even know you guys anymore, so I'd leave them behind. So, yeah, I've become a huge Bills fan. It's just kind of fun watching them. So, yeah, I'm going all into the Bills, and they are yeah, a lot you of know, fun. You know, pain is a Browns fan. You know what it's like. There's just, yeah, a lot of misery out there. <laughs> but honestly, four Super Bowls in a row is insane to lose. Imagine the Canucks got to four finals in a row. 
and found a weird way to lose them every time this city would have we already have a complex and just to get there from that yeah <laughs> i think like there would be some like crazy ptsd at some point like there would be people that would like legit 100 they'd be legit suffering from something like because yes. at a certain point like one all right like hey we got stuff to talk about even two over you know 20 plus like that's a little crazy the first one you know they weren't being the islanders but like you're right four in a row like if you could imagine a way and if they were that good too because yep. knowing that team, like they went wire to wire, and they shouldn't have lost—not uh, that they shouldn't have lost a game—but my goodness, like once they got through Chicago and like that mental block, like we all knew, like that next morning, we're like, yeah, they're going to the final. Like no one thought anything else when they, you know, we bring up your your namesake on Twitter, but like when they scored, no, I don't know about you guys, I wasn't exactly like jumping up and down cheering. I just kind of chuckled, looked at my wife, I'm like, guess they're going to the final. Like that was it. It was like it was expected. Right, and to see that for four years in a row, I, I mean, I love this team, and I'm ride or die. But I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if any. We probably no one would want to podcast. Like they would just oh. be like, you know what? We don't want to talk about this anymore. This is awful. We talk about 2011 enough as it is. Imagine you had like 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, like, oh, and missing out on like draft stuff. picks and like missing out on all those top players. And like, you know what? Like, it's fine. Yeah. We, we thought it was okay, and it just it gets so much worse. Like, how does it compound at that point? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel you guys for sure. It'd be a lot different if you'd won one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not the case, right? I mean, it's just ugliness after that. That's the rule. If, if the Canucks win one cup, they can do whatever they want for 10 years, and I honestly don't care. I won't criticize them. Whatever. <laughs> you got a 10-year honeymoon period. Do what you want. Don't yeah. care. Make the mistakes. Let Jim Benning run it for 10 more years. I don't care. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need 10 plan. more years. You know what? We're good. We're good. Yeah. 11th year, though, I'm going to come calling. Yeah. You there, know, won't, there won't be any, you can't be continue to be outshot articles and win games. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, wow, this team's amazing. They're unstoppable. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally sustainable. It's, uh, it's, it's just heartbreaking. But I think the main thing, like you look at a lot of their, their cap stuff now, and I mean, that's been the name of the game and carrying things over to, um, you know, bridge deals and buying out UFA years and all this. I think I've got an idea on how to solve the Canucks cap problems. And they could be the first team in pro sports to do this. Starting with the Louis Erickson contract, they start putting contracts into NFTs. Tell me I'm wrong. I think this is a great idea. You can now put worth into these contracts, <laughs> sell them on the open market, and now it actually becomes an asset somehow. I think I've I'm onto something here. What do you guys think? You could like you could like crowdsource the contract as well, and then you could be like people would be buying up shares throughout the world, so then they could earn money as well. Like, like it's a bunch of which, yeah. something like that, yeah. It's, it, I like this. I, it, want to, I want a movie eventually to be made about it that Ryan Gosling explains how it works to me, but I'm on yes. board. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the big short. Yeah, yeah the exactly. Big short, the big Louis. Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Do so basically, yeah, what an NFT, <laughs> yeah. and what an NFT contract is when... when it's got I, a Jenga I, Tower of Louis yeah, Erickson. It'll there. be the okay. big little thing. Yeah. It's like this, so All these, the little things at the bottom are worthless, but together... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, how on board. See, I, I think there's something to this. Like, forget about this NBA top shot and, you know, releasing, what is it, Elon Musk was going to have, like, a song release as an NFT, and I think he canceled that. But there's a way around this, and I think... You know, Gillis was an outside-the-box thinker with the sleep doctor and, you know, getting the nutritionist and all that. Like, I know Benning probably doesn't come off as that smart guy, but maybe, you know, we joked about a couple of years ago, the, the wait-a-sec guy. 
And maybe there's like a way to set guy that's like into the financials. Maybe Gilman's like sitting on this right now and someone just has to call him up and be like, do you have any crazy ideas to get us out of cap hell? And he goes, I, I have one. Digital goods. I have <laughs> digital yeah. goods. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a whole there's a whole lot of marketing that you can make in that and some somebody sitting on a billion dollars for sure. So Oh man, this that's the thing with this team though. Like it's it's been seven years and it's been with betting death by a thousand cuts, right? Like all these small things that everyone's like, it's gonna add up, it's gonna add up. And I was like, we'll just wait and see. And now it's adding up. And we're all kind of like, no one's happy about it. We're like, we're like, yeah, it happened. Like that's what we thought. And it's just kind of like a sad state of affairs right now. Cause yeah, last year's playoff run was fun, but you know, it's a rally check of this season. And Thomas Durant's like, he'll tell you in the armies. And he's like, he has a very blunt way of saying things. I know some fandom doesn't want to hear that, but he'll just be very, here's bluntly what, you know, the worst case scenario. And here's what the odds are. And people get really mad about it, but it's like, he's not wrong. He's so like, that's what it comes down to. A lot of people are like, well, the process, the odds is working out aren't great. And that's what, you know, some people, again, that's reality though. It's reality. Yeah. Like if you, if anyone wants to tell me to my face that I think what the Canucks are doing is a really good long-term plan for like sustainable success. Like just, I'd, I've yet to see them explain it to me in a way that I can get on board with. And they just really can't. It's, it all, it's, it's that quest trade commercial. Hope is not a plan. And that's what everyone's <laughs> doing. And I'm like, hope's not a plan, guys. And I'm the dick telling them hope's not a plan. But like, it's not. So it's, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. And that's kind of where I think a lot of the, the push comes from, just like a new perspective, like a new GM coming in, because maybe they have a different way of looking at it. And Benning's been here a long time. And maybe someone just comes in with different ideas. Like maybe the NFT idea is just around the corner. And Gilman comes flying back in with it. And you never know. But it's just, I just change. If Benny can make the change himself, fine. But I just don't see how this team can continue forward and like find a way to surround what, because they have very good young pieces. How are they going to support them? And I don't know how it's going to happen. Well, and they're such, they're in such a crucial point too, right? Mm -hmm. Like every decision from even a year ago, but definitely right now, up until the end of this season to the off season, the trade deadline to free agency, all of that, they've got like insanely important contracts that they need to sign that is going to dictate the future of this team for we don't know how long but definitely you know into those contention years and you've got other contracts that are anchoring you down you've got other guys that you need to decide like what are we doing with whether it's the Jake for Tannins or the Tanner Pearsons or Alex Edler like you know, if you, if they were willing to move on Chris Tanev and move away from sorry and Markstrom and Levo and I mean Stetcher, like if they big were list. willing, and sorry, it's a big list. It is a big list. If you can move away from those guys, now Edler's been here, you know, since I learned what hockey. What? No, I'm just kidding. Um, he's been here a long time. So if you can walk away from that many guys that were you know core players. You should be able to, and I mean, I like Edler too, but there has to be some point where that new cycle comes in. And a lot of those guys are starting to come in. Ted, we talked about like Cole Lind last, last week. Um, that's just one name, but there has to be something next. We can't just embrace the 2011 and 2012 teams, you know, like they did and the, oh, we can still make another run. Anyone and their dog that was smart enough knew that the 2012 team was not going to win a thing. Like, that team was destined to lose. When they got L.A., like, we were just hoping for a game. Daniel Sedin comes back, and we got the one game. Other than that, like, that was, you know, they talk about that whole president's team, and how can you say that, you know, they're an awful team? Well, because they didn't change anything, and they didn't get better. So if you don't get better and you lost the year before, you're probably not going to win the next year. And... Right now, like, look how close they were last year. They somehow, like, Thatcher Demko dragged them to Game 7, and then they lost a ton of guys. 
So you're going to tell me that, yes, you're really excited for the playoffs this year, when in fact, like, things are worse than they were. The situation is that much worse. Like, you need to fix that. You need to either take the hit and just call it a season, call a spade a spade, and let's move on and let's restructure for when it's really important instead of a year. Like, if they make the playoffs, put up your hand if you think they're going to win a round. Yeah, exactly. Like, anybody? No. No. So you, you got it. Like, these are such important years. You can't just decide, like, oh, you know, let's continue the plan. Anything of this current plan is going to cripple this future of the team. Yeah, I think for me, like, last offseason was Jim Benning's most important offseason. Um, he kind of forced us into it because he kind of forced the window open to where it is. And fine, let's just play with it. His entire plan last season being, like, I got to get OEL. I got to get Ekman Larson, which is just insane. That's another huge contract. There's another D-man that's, you know, underlying stats aren't too, aren't too pretty right now and he went so hard after him and then he has the quote the infamous quote of around time with the foley like stetcher and marks and lee we hear you know rumblings that they weren't happy with communication um so it seemed like his entire plan was get ekman larson and then you know we hear nate schmidt kind of falls in his lap a bit so his you know that was almost a bit lucky so he stumbles through the offseason and now we're in this season where we're at yet another time we're saying this is the most important trade deadline ever. And we, we honestly don't know if he's going to trade people for assets. That's the crazy thing. Like, we should be saying, well, can't wait to see what they recoup because that's the, the obvious plan here. We don't know. Like, that's what's so crazy about this. And like, Vessi, I think, is a great pickup because it's like, those are the guys you want your bottom six right now. Cheap guys you can plug in. Like, they're missing Beagle and Roussel. Can you tell? Now what? Right? Like, they, they, they weren't worth the money. I'm not trying to be mean to them, but they, you don't pay that much for your bottom six. You don't. There's no way you need to do that. So, I, I mean, this deadline's most important thing. The next offseason will be the most important thing. And I, honest to God, can't tell you what their mindset uh, said is because that last presser from Benning that Friedman assures me was not a story. It still seems like he's like, Let's just, you know, we'll see where we're at come playoff time. And, like, can you imagine if he, like, do, either does nothing or adds a piece? Like, I'll be, I'll just be so, like, just blown away. <laughs> and it's scary because that's going to happen. Like, I think, well, well yeah, that's, that's the worst part, right? Because like, I think this team is doing just enough where it's going to be like, oh, we better just leave it until we like literally until we run out of time again. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what happens either because I think we think this way because like the rest of the league thinks this way when it talks about moving assets when you're not in the dance, you know, and gaining picks for the future so that you can set yourself up. Now this living in this like obscurity of, of middle of the pack team that somehow gets there even though you're not supposed to be in the middle of fact but you talk about window i mean there's a lot of come contracts coming off the books and this this fan base is almost like oh let's wait a little bit longer wait a little bit longer too because everybody talks like everybody knows the contracts everybody knows the status of where they're at and all the people that are sort of having his back but how how, how much longer is this window open with this current core and how much they're going to have to pay these guys soon yeah, I mean, that's the big question. Because, like, everyone talks about, the, you, you talk about the guys who have to come in the lineup to replace them, and you got your Colins and you go your Rathbones. And, you know, there is some potential there. But, you know, realistically, if you look at any, I always say it, look at, go back and look at any draft, any NHL draft in the last 10 years, and just look at how many, like, players get past 100 games played. It's just not many. And a lot of people, I think, kind of assume that you've got these players. Even Chatfield, they're like, oh, this kid looking pretty good, but you're getting a couple games out of him. Like, he's not, I don't, he's not going to be, like, a long-term NHL player. He's not. Like, the odds are so small. So, mm -hmm. it's, this team feels like it's very much in that horrifying situation of, are they the next Edmonton Oilers? They've got this, like, young core, do not have the defensive presence to support it. They don't have the defense for it. And Edler, like you said, he's still playing, he's eating minutes for this team. Like, are you going to go back to the well with him again? Like, if you, and if you have to go back to Edler because that's all you have, like, he's not getting any faster. 
we're seeing more and more penalties from him because he's just getting beat with his foot speed, right? He's sticking on the out. He's his gap control is getting worse because he doesn't trust himself to skate. Like they've pulled him up got, with first power play. Like he still doesn't even yeah. have a goal this season. It, it, you know what's funny about that? It's hard to remember. Remember when Quinn Hughes first came in and like Green's like, I don't know if I can give him another spot yet. Come like, on, he's Travis. literally <laughs> taking over this team. Yeah, but we're good. Yeah. 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 But he did that uh, with all of them. That was like the rate of I passage. know, that's his thing. But like, like, like Bester, like, we're going to sit you two games. Like, <laughs> what? What are you doing? We're not going to put PD on here. Like, yeah. 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 Did he also get overtime for a year? Game? What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Typical. So, yeah, again, like, I, and that's the thing. I don't. I don't know where the obvious answers are. I don't know what their window is going to be because it depends on what Benny thinks their window is. And it, and I just don't trust his this team, whether it's him or whoever we trust the team to get their their you know defenseman, their pro defenseman. Like I don't know what they're looking for. And it's been it's been enough of a sample size to to you could reasonably suggest that maybe they're a bit outdated in how they approach defense. Because look look at the track record of like good brands and the Spizas, like all the guys they bring on this team are big, tough, tall D men and they've never been that great. And, you know, it's, I'm glad they got Hughes, but you know, you, you still, the thing about me for the last press conference and betting, the worst thing I heard was, well, I think other teams are more physically mature. Like he still can't get over like the sizing again, size is important. Don't get me wrong, but you need skill there. You need to be able to move the puck. The league is moving to a quicker league. You can't have the good Branson of the world who we all saw good Branson. He cannot make decisions under fire. And that's his problem, right? Like he, I'm sure in a beer league, he would kick my ass, but <laughs> in the NHL level, like he just can't make decisions. And so it's the players that can make those quick decisions. Like even Jordy Ben last game, like avoided two checks by the net. And like, that's better than good brand's going to do, but he's like the bottom of the chart for the Canucks. Like that's the bare minimum. So I just don't know. Like if this team wants to rebuild their defense, I don't know where it's going to come from. And you hope the Rathbone, you know, he's looking good. But again, it's it's a whole different ballgame at the NHL level. And with Travis Green, maybe we'll see Rathbone in three years. He'll get a sniff of ice time. Like, you never know how he treats the rookies, right? But again, I just don't see the game plan from, from Benning. I hope I'm wrong. Again, people think I want the team to fail. I don't. If they prove me wrong, I'll be the first to be like, hey, I was, I'm the idiot. I've had lots of bad opinions. Believe me, I'm not an expert on a lot of things. I thought, you know, Lonnie Bahanas was going to be a, a stud player. I was dead wrong. Like, <laughs> I don't have, I'm not always right, but I just don't know where Benning's going to find the solutions to this team based on the seven years we've watched him and what he's been saying. So, yeah, I'm not trying to be like, you know, a bummer and like, I'm not, I'm not it's kind of I'm not trying to be like cool. Like just no, you're welcome here on those takes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. You fit right in. It's just been frustrating because, like, you've been watching, like, how many times have we heard from everyone, like, okay, okay, just give it time. And then, well, that's hindsight. Like, that, that's the meme. And it's true. It's like, no, it's not hindsight. Like, yeah. like the best deal that, that Benning probably has done contract wise that wasn't the Rabat and Miller deal in his first year, as well as like, you could kind of see where he's come from with Louis Erickson, but still one of his worst contracts. Like, Tyler Myers, when they got him, everyone's like, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people are like, that seems like a lot of money for a guy that is questionable top four D man for a lot of years. And guess what? He is looking like a questionable top four D man. Offensively, I love to watch the guy. He's crazy. I, I call him chaos personified because he's, he's really doing. Yeah, he's, 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 he looks like he could be a Ford, like a, a waltzing Ford. But like on defense, like I don't, I've never seen a defenseman like take away their advantage of their size by dropping to dice more than Tyler Myers does. Like the second he thinks, oh, I'm in trouble, he'll drop to the ice and like start swimming, which is bizarre to me. Like, Look at someone like Sammy Sallow. That was a guy who was injury prone, but that guy knew gap control and how to use his stick more better than almost anyone I've seen. Like he was very smart with that. If Tyler Myers would just dedicate himself to like using that stick to kind of get in like passing lanes and shooting lanes, it feels like it would like it would help him tremendously. But guess what? He is what he is now. So again, not to be too frustrated or too like, you know, ranty. It's just I'm watching this team and I'm like, there's just so many, it's such a hodgepodge of of strategies over the years. Uh, we had the Linden bending crosstalk for years. Like I just never know where this team's coming from. Like it's just so bizarre. It's such a weird team to cover right now. I feel like I, I, I'm just, just speaking my language right now. I, I even <laughs> said this last week. I was like, after that press conference, it was like, okay, like 
you normally you would think there's a clear plan. I was just literally confused by the whole thing. Like, I don't know what this franchise is. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what, I don't know what the roadmap looks like. I don't know any of it. I don't, I don't know what this team is. Like, I'm literally just confused. That's if I could just sum it up in one word, it would be confusion. I have no idea. Okay. I got to sneak in for a second. We have two ad reads. They're pre-recorded and they're great. Spinners, summer skates, get ready. Spinner Sound Center is your home for hi-fi sound. They can turn your regular TV audio setup into the ultimate home theater experience. From Q Acoustics, Focal, and JBL to Microlab, they have your audio needs covered. Bookshelf speakers to complete home automation to killer headphones, there isn't anything Spinners can't help you with. They also gave us some pretty sweet headphones to give to you. Spinner Sound Center in Vernon, Hi-Fi, Home Theater, Home Automation, 3107 30th Avenue, Vernon. Player's Choice Sports is your ah, go-to for sports cards and collectibles. Got it wrong. They are an Upper Deck certified and diamond dealer, which means they're top shelf, like Elias Pettersson slap shot. Hockey, football, baseball, basketball too, and even Pokemon, they carry it all with plenty of throwback options as well. Get in on their weekly Facebook auctions and look for case breaks and drafts on their website. Have a card you're looking for? Call Jason and Katie and they'll get you figured out. Player's Choice Sports, the choice for cards and collectibles. Well, I feel bad now because that was supposed to be the summer skates read and I got the buttons mixed up. So when it comes to dudes and guys, we're just going to remember this just happened and we're just going to play the other one and everyone's going to be happy with it. We're going to, no one's going to, you know, no one's getting in trouble here. We're fine. It's fine. Um, what I wanted to know. Sponsor. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Please, please stick with us. Um, Wyatt, uh, I'm a fan of, of your show. Um, the trust the process. Um, You've been, you guys have been featuring JT Miller a lot, and I, I think we all kind of want to know, like, where does all of JT Miller's teenage angst come from right now? Is it, like, more than hockey? It, like, is someone stealing, like, the his seat on the plane? Or, like, what's going on? Because it, it just feels like he's just so mad. Like, he's mad like my seven-year-old is all the time. I don't yeah, get it. I think a lot of people who play beer league, you, everyone knows that guy who brings his emotional baggage to the rink and tries to play it out there. Like, oh, there's, he's mad at his wife or like his life hasn't gone the way he wanted it to. He, you know, he like that. Takes yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rack you idiot. <laughs> We've seen him yell at teams like, there was a pass to Hammond. He doesn't get it. Fucking move. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, relax. Yeah. Like, we get it. Um, yeah. And again, like, I don't, you could be right. What if there is something going on in his life that we're not aware of that? They have realized maybe there's real stuff going on there. So, you know, uh, you know, if I'm making fun of him, I'm doing it in a light way because it could be real stuff going on. But his his <laughs> anger burst, and then like, we'd all feel awful. Hey, I know if something comes out the next day, like, oh, well, we're idiots. Um, so yeah, very sorry, uh, sir. But it does seem like, yeah, it's it's fun because it is. It's like it's like like I said in, in the army, it's just Dennis Reynolds to me. He just loses his mind. He's getting real mad. He's slamming his stick, and there's so many f bombs from him this season, and uh, yelling at teammates, pointing at everyone. Like, I've never seen someone point more than JT Miller this season. Like directing traffic out there, telling people where to go. And um, I initially I was like, oh man, this is good. For the team because yeah, everyone knows like sometimes someone gets too angry it kind of wears on you but then eventually i turned around and was all, all on board i'm loving it anytime he gets mad he's like he'll sit there the best one was two games ago the linesman waves him out he pauses and stares at the linesman for a good three seconds and then skates away like why are you, why are you eyeing on the linesman it's the wrong guy bro like, yeah. mean mug and stripes yeah yeah it's like you're not going to get anything out of that so uh it, again I, it could be just pure frustration he thought maybe you know he's in the prime of his career and uh, they go in this playoff run last year, and this year's not going the way. Maybe he can, maybe he's he's listening to Drance, and he sees the writing on the wall, <laughs> and so he's like, "Drance he's is right." right. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you guys listen to Drance? Yeah, you guys, he's right. We gotta be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's insustainable, guys. 
Yeah. Um, but it's not even that. It's also like his play in his own zone. He's made like more bizarre passes than he did last year. Like his, his game isn't as tight as it was last year. Um, and there have been times when like it looks like his controller disconnected on the ice and it's just been kind of, but he still gives the same post game speeches. We've got to be better than that. Like, yeah, yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were well aware of that. We've seen the record too. Yes, you do. Yeah. That yeah. was your guy, JT. Yeah, yeah. That was you who had to be better, JT. But again, he's still a fantastic player, but definitely, um, yeah, it's just weird, right? Like it is such a big storyline because his his attitude on the ice is definitely noticeable. And it's funny because I found a tweet from 2017 from a fan who's like, "Oh, I, I can't get enough of, of angry JT Miller." So maybe it's just part of his DNA when things don't go his way, and that's probably part of the whole Vigneault story with him. Maybe he just like has to learn to to deal with losses better. Uh, maybe he's just a bad loser and a good winner. We don't know because when he was winning, he was one of the best guys to talk to in the, in the locker room. He gave us really good answers. He sit there and talk for like 10 minutes about Quinn Hughes and his development. Like I love talking to him, but. Uh, and again, I really wish we were in the dressing room this year because I'd like to see how he was now, right? Like Zoom calls are fine, but imagine being in the locker room and him just being real mad. And I haven't seen a good locker room tantrum since Ryan Kessler days. So I, I, I'm excited next year, if anything, uh, just to see what JT's like on these angry games in the actual locker room. Ted, have you noticed, um, I mean, you why you kind of brought into it as far as like the giveaways too. Um, Ted, have you noticed like all these like random like paths to nowheres where they're leading to like these random like should not be scoring chances and all of a sudden the game takes like an absolute turn for the worst thankfully demko has kind of bailed them out but like where are these no look passes coming from how is this like i don't know where it's been like a bad week and a half of the exact same thing like the tanner pearson goal yeah like, yeah like it's it's you're right it is weird i don't i don't know what's happening i don't know if these guys are just calling they're they're yelling out guys names i don't know if it's just quieter in there so then you know there's no like is it is it a COVID thing? Is it the fact that the arena is not full and you can literally yell out somebody's name and get a pass? Like it's 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 happening a lot. Like I'm noticing it all. Maybe that's why we're hearing JT swear so much. Is because there's just not so much going on anymore. But yeah, no, you're right. I've seen it a lot. It's just so so weird. Um, you know what? Before I want to make sure we get everything in here. So let's do uh, dudes and guys, and I'm gonna do the other ad, and then uh, why? Obviously, you know all about dudes and guys. So we're gonna play the ad, and I'll give you some time to to think back on it too. Summer skate sandals are the answer for your feet before and after the game. Their unique design employs skate lace uppers with a soft lining that gives your feet the love they deserve when you just neglected them for 60 minutes on the ice, or in my case, a lot longer. Multiple lace color options, NHLPA license, which gives you the option to put any name and any number on top, including the grade eight Alex Ovechkin or Lonnie Bahamas. yellow ski laces. Yeah. Customizable name and numbers and the ability to put your own team logo on them as well. They mold to your foot like your favorite pair of sandals already do, and they have a flexible sports sole. The PP1 boys wear them, and you should too. Summer skates. Hashtag walk the talk. There you go. See? I, I, I made up for it. It's fine. Um, so why, obviously you're a regular listener, you're probably, you know, you're hitting refresh as soon as this, this gets launched. Um, uh, but just in case you maybe missed the last few weeks, Ted, could you kind of run down dudes and guys for Wyatt? Uh, yeah, dudes and guys is, is basically if you're, if you're a guy, it's, you're just somebody that you noticed on the ice, possibly didn't notice. There's nothing special going on with that game. Maybe they were terrible and maybe they did something just blatantly awful. That would just be your guy. And your dude is just what you think it is, right? The guy was a dude that game. The guy went all world. He put the team on his back. He, he brought everybody along. Like who was, who was your dude basically. So we usually start off with guys cause it's a little bummer first. And then we go with the high stuff last. So we'll go with dudes next. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. 
reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? So, Wyatt, you get uh, you get honors, but who's your guy for the last Is week? For the last week. For the last week? Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can go off the board. Like, it. we're, we're willing to open up... Uh, Open uh, up I think, options. Uh, clearly, it's uh, Ryan Beach for not drafting a good enough player right now. So <laughs> Ryan Beach needs to get better at his job. No. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a Beecher on here, so that's a little off the board. I don't know if that. No, no. Uh, I'm going to stick my guy. It, it, it's been Tyler Myers. I'm going to ride or die with Tyler. Uh, just with the captain chaos again. Um, just, just the weirdest things in the world in the defensive zone. But he does it with such confidence. Like he will make a play uh, that is, the, you know, you think would be the worst decision in the world. But he'll be like, "Hey, what can you do? That's life." Like, and I admire that. You can see that it's off his back, but like he doesn't change after he does that. He's like, oh, I'll try it again. Like he just believes in it. And that's the thing. He'll he'll go down, he'll give a give up a two and one, he'll defend either the shot nor the pass in a two and one, uh, two games in a row. And then the next play, he's you know, downing down the ice and getting a shot on goal. Like he's just he's insane to watch. It's just it's he's overpaid. Uh, you know, that's gonna be a cap problem for a lot of years. But if this was a guy that was getting paid like a like a million bucks, one point five, I'd be like, Yeah, I love this guy. This is great value for my buck. So uh, definitely my guy for yeah, both good and bad reasons. <laughs> Ted, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Tanner Pearson. I, do, I just think he's been largely unnoticeable for the last little while. I mean, this, 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 the goalless streak up until the phantom pass that we just talked about has just been creeping up for game after game after game. And who knows if he would have even got on the score sheet if it wasn't for that like literal phantom pass from from Ottawa. So I, I, I just think that there can be more from him. We need there to be more for him just in case there's some sort of remnants of trade value that we need to you know extract out of him. And, and whether or not we know that's going to happen is a different story, but we know it should. Um, but, uh, you know, he's on his way and we'll see what happens with uh with roster minutes but there's a guy who we know in the past has spent some time with some pretty good players too so uh it's possible that maybe his spot is in jeopardy i don't know um again we'll have to wait and see but that'll be my dude for the, my guy for the week sorry i'm gonna go off the board a little bit here and i it, it's kind of tough how i got there but my uh my guy for this week is uh the amulet Niels hoglander bold i just he he wasn't as noticeable as I would have liked him to be. I just feel like we're we're missing out on like that prime surge that that we're due. He he didn't fully go off on the the lacrosse goal attempt there, and I think we all deserve more out of this guy. Like I said, I I always try to call out somebody here, and it usually works out. So tomorrow night we could be in for you know an out of nowhere lacrosse Carey Price goal, and I then everyone can thank me. You're welcome. But uh, no, I just, I mean, he's been such an electrifying guy. He's driving plays, driving played both ends of the ice. Like he's throwing hits. He's, he's kind of being a little shit disturber, which is just absolutely awesome to see, especially in a guy that can score, a guy that can, that can pass and create plays. So I think for me this week, um, and it's just personal, I, I would just like to see a little bit more uh, on the score sheet from, from Hoglender. And I, I'm sure I will. Tomorrow night, like I said, Friday night lights, baby. Time to bring it back. Let's light up Montreal and get back into the driver's seat. I'm you surprised know, by that. Sorry, sorry, gentlemen, Hoaglander. The funny thing about him, like you know, he does have that like mean streak in him, and he's got suspended before. I'm not suggesting he should be out in the NHL throwing these elbows, but like, <laughs> there's gonna be a time when he's gonna. Well, Churla, like, he's yeah. gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. he's gonna he's gonna drop a beret elbow for sure. One hundred percent. He's looking more like in high school as a yearbook, most likely to drop someone with a Churla elbow. Hoaglander. Yeah, it's gonna happen. And it's gonna happen, and we're gonna we're all gonna be mad, and yeah, we're all gonna. Be, I mean, it was coming. 
it was, <laughs> yeah. it was coming. So yeah, we all saw it happen. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't. It's not the worst thing. I mean, we didn't have Pedersen for two weeks, so this isn't the worst. So. Yeah, we can survive Pedersen. Yeah, we can survive a rookie being gone. So plus, he's a small guy, right? So yeah, um, most likely to snap. I think he's right there. Yeah, and I mean, you probably get a gimme on your first one anyway. So yeah, and he's like, like well, that's, yeah, everyone gets one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he's already. He's already Peter? The vet well, shit, right? I mean, yeah. that trip. That oh, yeah. that, that skate clip. That was a vet move, right? I yeah. mean. So he's already starting to get away with that stuff. Maybe he just is ready to deliver the elbow and not get fined for it. You know what? You got to pull it off at some point, but maybe save it. Save it for when it matters. And this isn't a season where it matters. So, um, again, we will give you honors because we're nice here. Um, who is who's your shining star? Who is the more you know for Wyatt this week? Who's your dude? Uh, I mean, Demko's too easy. Um, yeah, he has enough. Are we gonna do two him. weeks in a row where you can't pick Demko? Yeah, he's too good. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's go away from Demko. Everyone knows he's last. Great. He's last week we made sure he wasn't available. I, I listen. That's why I know over the segment, guys. We went over this. Come on, Sorry. Um, <laughs> we so changed on the fly. I would go Ed for me. Um, another guy who's playing really well as well, but he deserves it. Brock Besser. Um, there's just a certain. It's not just that his shots back uh, and that he's playing well off and on the puck. Like he is, you know, he's getting turnovers and all this jazz. Uh, it just there's just like a certain. This is the most like non-analog thing in the world. But there's a certain swagger about him right now where like it feels like he's the man. His aura. So when the cucks, yeah, he's like when he's on the ice, like you feel like get him the puck. It just feels like he's, you know, arriving for the big moment. And you know, Horvat's great. He's had his moment, and Miller can be great. But it just feels like if the game's on the line, I'm just feeling like Besser's the guy I want taking that shot right now. There's something about him that his game just feels real dude like right now. Ted. I got two choices, so I'm good either way. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was going to pick Brock, but that's the way it goes. Thanks, Wyatt. I stole it. Um, yeah, for back-to-back weeks, I'm, I'm going to go with Michaela Gaudet's husband. It's got to be it's got to be Adam Gaudet. Not for the fact that he didn't do anything during the actual game. The shootout winner was great, but the fact that he's doing his best to pump tires on a certain goalie coach that he wants to stay here in town. He's doing oh, his great. part. Totally. He's doing his part. To keep him here. So, I mean, if the rest of the team can get on board with that, I mean, yeah, I think we'd all like to see Mr. Clark stick around and Gaudette is doing his part. So he's a, he's a dude for me this week. Lo- that's a great point. I think uh, it's all those extra things we're starting to find out now too. It's, which is, it's unfortunate to think that a lot of these guys still don't have contracts and probably the more important ones really. Like, you know, your, your coach, your whole coaching staff, like, they're the guys that are deciding who plays. They're the guys that are deciding when, you know, a goaltending start makes sense or when a guy needs a break. And it feels just like we're just watching them blow it, and yet, you know, it just carries on. So when you hear those ringing endorsements from guys, like a, a guy that isn't a goaltender, um, that I think it hurts even more. But it's kind of a, it's kind of the Canucks MO anyway, so it's uh, not that surprising. I'm going with Bo Horvat. I have loved him this last week. Um, not just on the score sheet, but he just, he's kind of almost in that Besser territory right now where he's just like, like dad energy. Like you can just tell he's bossing up right now. And I mean, you'd never know from me cause I don't have that kind of energy in sports. Um, but I can do, you know, do it in normal life, but you just watch bull or bull out there and he's, he just seems to own it. And again, he's doing it on the score sheet. He's setting guys up, but he's driving play as well. Um, he's just kind of that. He's kind of like rookie bow where like you have to continue to give this guy a chance. And now that he's the captain on the team, it's it's almost like he's doing that kind of same thing again. Like, don't forget about me. I'm still here to make sure that you guys are going to, you know, we're going to carry this team along. So I've, I've loved his game. Um, I would, too, pick Brock as well because 
love him. Um, but, you know, there can only be one. So my guy this week is uh, Bo Horvat. And full credit to Bo because they, they give him, like, basically here, he's gotten the Ryan Kessler treatment of you get the second, you know, second line with, like, whatever wingers we can find off the the, the, cra- <laughs> the, the garbage heap. No offense to Tanner Pearson, but they kind of give him, like, a hodgepodge of line mates and he's making it work and he's shutting down team's best players. And he's, you know, he, the thing about him is he's not complaining. Like, Kessler would you know, make it known he wanted better wingers. Yeah. Um, but Boharvis is, you know, putting his head down. He's got that very vintage uh, Linden energy of like, you know, this, you know, doing the job. And, you know, obviously he's a very boring quote, but, you know, he's also not going to, you know, say the wrong thing. He's not going to get your team in trouble. He's just going to go out there and do the job and play hard. Like, the, you know, Brady Kachuk felt that last game. You go after Quinn Hughes, you're going to get hit. And he's just going to play a strong, strong game. And uh, Boharvis is a ton of fun to watch for sure. Did you see, I mean, you said, sorry, Ted, go for it. You said, I mean, you said it was kind of, it's, it's kind of boring, right? It's a boring quote, right? But don't, we almost kind of need that energy, right? Because you, that allows sort of JT to do his thing, right? That, I mean, well, yeah, like, 100%. The Henrik Sedin's yeah. cool. I, I never, like when Henrik was here, he was the king of being like, you know, they lose 6-1. You know, we almost had him. A couple of things got out of the way. I'm like, Henrik. But like, it, there was an extent where like, it would just kind of be like, he would just take a bit of the flames and you'd be like, Henrik, you couldn't get mad at Henrik because it's Henrik. Um, and that's the one thing I will say, like, it's hard now because it is the Zoom world, but I almost want to see Bo talking more, like come out in front say your boring lines and, and just deflect things away. And like, you know, there is a certain art to saying something and saying nothing at the same time that they can do. And he's, he can be good at it. Um, but yeah, I really hope that like, you know, like you're very correct. He's a perfect shield for JT Miller. If JT's having a bad game, trot out Bo Horvat, give us the cliches and get home. Is, is Bo still, is he still ascending? I mean, we, this guy has sort of gotten better every single year. Have we seen a ceiling from Bo? And if it is, if it is a ceiling, it's fine. It's a fine ceiling. But is he still ascending as a player? Can we still expect better seasons from Bo, you think? I think it's kind of like the the Linden thing where he probably like he is what he is in, in terms of seasonal output. But I do think he can, you know, again, not analytic at all. I think he can raise his game. Um, and certain players can. I do firmly believe that. So I think in the playoffs, he is the guy who's going to put the pressure on himself and and come through on it. And Linden was one of those few players that his point per game, you know, went up in the playoffs. And I think Bo Hart was doing the same type of player that like come playoff times, he'll find a way to produce. Hmm. Um, before Ted so rudely cut me off there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. That's all right. Um, did you guys see Matthew Tuchuk, uh his, his, I guess, was it like the little interview before the game? Um, it was before the Battle of Alberta last night. And like his voice. I'm sure I've heard him talk before, but that was like the, and I don't know if he was like playing, like the deepest accent. And then I saw, I went on Twitter and everybody's like, is that what he actually sounds like? Like, I swear I've heard Matthew DeChuck talk before, but that just seemed like, you know, the face and the voice just didn't fit for some reason. Did you guys see that too? I didn't see it, no. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, Ted? I know exactly. What it, was. it was like the first time I heard Patrick Mahomes talk. He was like, this, this like he looked like a little guy. He was obviously a huge human being, right? But he got up there and talks, gives his microphone, and he, First quote, and he was like, "Yeah, it was this weird. Like, is that what you sound like? Like, I was completely thrown off by that. And the same with the Kachuk thing. I just didn't think that he sounded like it just. That. I thought it was like a gimmick or something, and he was going to eventually just play out of it. I'm thinking, like, I have heard him talk before, but maybe I haven't. And like, it, it threw me. It threw me right off. I was. I was in a bad place for a couple minutes. So that's my favorite. Like Anderson Silva, I was a huge fan of his growing up. And then, like, I see him talk for this time. I'm like, yes, I have very good fight. I get very I'm like, well, Andy, what's going on? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because everybody knew that about Tyson right from the jump, yeah. right? Tyson talks a certain way. And if you'd never seen the guy before, I'm sure that his voice might throw you off, right? But that's just not the case. And then he punches you in the face and it's over. Mm-hmm. Or bites your ear. Anything, or yeah. bites his ear. Yeah. Um, 
let's have a little bit of fun here. First and foremost, we're going to get my NHL 21 question out of the way. Wyatt, you're a huge gamer. Um, Ted, I know you're involved in the Chell as well. Um, I've been finally getting back into play in the last little bit. It's been busy times, and the PS4 is downstairs, so i got to really make an effort to, to get away. Have you guys been surprised, and I'm sure this is like from you know past games as well, that like the coach and the GM, when you're like your your be a pro mode, and specifically in the rookie season, where the coach will come up to you, you know he you know duck duck goose is the whole bench, and then like picks, hey rookie, um, I need you to be the difference maker in this entire game. You know what can you do? And you've got your answers, or whatever. And I just thought same with the GM, and you you know they go and talk to him, and like it just seems like a weird amount of like insane pressure on like the new guy. Whereas in real life, like, you know, he might not even get interviewed twice in a season. And yet you're like the face of the franchise literally as soon as you hit X button. Like, does that bother you guys at all? Kind of bugs me a little bit. Yeah. I think what they should have is like they do with the sliders an option for arcade and realistic. And if you want to go arcade, be the star. Sure. But realistic, like you make one mistake, you don't play for a year. Exactly. Like how's your be a pro going? Like I've yeah. played three games. Yeah, I've played three games. You get a hat trick in one game, but the next game you have a giveaway. It's like you're benched and that's yeah. it for like a week. Yeah. And you so can't that's... sim it either. You just have to sit there and like, so yeah, the game is like real time minutes. You just sit there watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to work and I'm going to see like, how's your pro going? Like, I'm, I don't know. I think we have a game in three days. So the coach hasn't talked to me in a month. I don't yeah, know yeah. why I sit right now. Yeah. What's happening? You take one long shift and then all of a sudden you have like Sutter and Michaelis is your, your, your your yeah. wingers like you're just you're screwed right like yeah. oh man i can't wait to get back home from work and sub you know sim 50 games before i'm spoken to again and i can actually get in the lineup or you miss great. a notification or something like it was a really important one like sorry you didn't get back to us in time like sorry we got to bent you know put you up in the press box again like somewhere what? somewhere in between there i missed dollar hot dog night with the team too so now i'm really fucked yeah you go to exactly. mike deep mode you're in the taxi squad for like months not even playing like your yeah. skills start dropping my hat trick boots are going down what do i do yeah what are they gonna what are they gonna do with dp is, oh. is there is there a plan to get to get there a should be wire goalers somewhere along the lines oh. i feel like this is not the first time that we've run into this situation no. and this is where the learning from the stakes things really starts to bother me and obviously the fact we've talked about oel and we dodged a bullet getting off on that contract is we could be walking into another one down the road but how come how come the team hasn't i feel like there's always two ways of answering these questions right there's like what should we do and what will benning do but how do they fix this problem because it's a problem it's it goes again that presser that you know again was not real news um it, for me when he says we're living day to day and that it, it really feels like it because you've yeah, you listen to Woodley and he's right. This is inexcusable. This is like one of the prime times of Deep Pitcher's career in terms of development and working with him. And he's just sitting on a taxi squad uh, as like random insurance for a season that doesn't really matter. Like that's brutal. Can you imagine not getting any games? You're sitting there like, and we've seen it to some extent, like, you know, so again, Frank Corrado was not a world beater, but there was times when it happened to other, to be fair, Toronto did him as well, but he sat around and played maybe 10 games over two years. It was brutal because he was like, oh, a right hand shot. That's an asset. We'll keep him in the organization, but won't play him. And that sucks for him. But Di Pietro is your next guy. Like, he's a goalie. He's your after Demko. Like, you know, why throw that away? If you, it's just, for me, it's it's crazy that he's just sitting there. And and I don't think enough's being made about it. Like, Woodley yelled about it, and I hope more people listen. But get a goalie. Just get a goalie. Get another goalie. Get Find anybody. ways to get him games. It's not that hard. Go find Zane McIntyre again. I just yeah. don't like there has to be some I know that these are players and you're managing a business and blah 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 and all those things but you have to 
like your conscience has to kick in if you're uh, in this management group at some point and know that you're actually hindering a person's career and, 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 and life at this point, right? Yeah, again, you'd hope and maybe there is just like it's a cold business to them at the end of the day. But even if it's a cold business, it makes business sense to get your young guy <laughs> developing. So I don't know where they're coming from. Like, that's the thing with this organization. You never know where their logic's at. It doesn't make sense. It feels like they do react day to day. And that's the old joke, right? Like every NHL team sees who won the cup the year before and then adjusts their strategies to match them. It's like, is that what they're doing every year? Just we need Jay plans? Beagle. Like, well, yeah. he was he <laughs> was a fourth line center on that team. <laughs> if he's a fourth line center on our team, he's not going to do the same things. It's not. It's the same guy. It's not the same team. Like you well, don't just Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd was would have done that job fine. Exactly. There was no reason to move on from Nick Dowd. <laughs> like, there's so well, many. And the thing is, as a goaltender, going back to Di Pietro, that's one position. You can only have one guy in the net at any given time. You can have six defensemen, maybe even seven. You can have your 12 to 13 forwards. There's a ton of positions ahead of that. There's one goaltender, and it's a pretty crucial spot. So now you're basically saying that the guy that is the next heir apparent of whenever that is, or at least the tandem guy with Demko, and he's literally just you know getting the reps in on practice days. And I, I know they had to sign a guy like Holby or someone like him anyway going into this offseason because they lost out on Markey. I, I do wonder how much they thought or how, how much better they thought this team could be this season and why they, and I know this is tough because realistically you probably shouldn't put Di Pietro as the backup, but like, was there an opportunity there? Like he absolutely stole the show in Utica last year. Like mm. he, he, he forced himself into the starters role. Is there any way that they could have ran those two? Like, obviously he doesn't get the starts that, you know, so, so that they don't have to just, you know, bombard him and embarrass him like the one time he came in. Demko was clearly ascending, and we knew that he was going to be the same or better, and he clearly is better. So even if you were bringing in Holtby as your 1B guy, like how much better did you think he was going to be, knowing what we all knew? And I mean, we're fans. We have the statistics in front of us, the advanced stats in front of us, but we also, you know... They, they know a lot, maybe that we don't know, but at the same time, we see enough games where we think, you know, was there another option? Could we have just gone in-house or, like, somebody just to throw in that extra guy? Like, Markstrom is the guy. I mean, they've got big save Dave, too, but realistically, could you not have had Di Pietro as your backup going in? Like, would that be, would that have been a sound decision, or is that just absolute crazy talk? It, that that's a really tough one because we have seen him kind of he's he's had been a bit unlucky because he's been thrown to the wolves a bit in Vancouver in terms of how they've handled him and him kind of going into bad situations. Yeah, and I think it, it's like the joke we were just making about how the in the league is very like you know reluctant to to run rookies. And I you know I'm more on the, the the chaotic Myers way of life. Um, I'd be kind of fine seeing how they go down that route. But I understand the Holby thing. I don't understand the payment for him, but I understand if you're like not trusting Demko, you get a, a veteran goalie. Yeah, I mean sure. it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're, yeah, we're not arguing that, but I also like to your point of like, do they take a, a, a role at Di Pietro? I mean, I don't think this organization really cares about optics. The optics that would have been bad if it fails. If it fails, then you look like you don't, you're not running your goalies properly. Another time, Di Pietro's been stalled, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, you know, I don't think one game's going to ruin. Like, remember when he got lit up by the Sharks? Everyone's like, oh no. Like, if you know anything about Di Pietro, the kid's mentally tough. He has fought, like you said, he fights his way and makes himself into the conversation wherever he goes. You call him a small goalie, he'll be like, whatever, I'll, I'll show you. Show, show me how small I look in net, and he plays great. 
not to say he's going to be a fantastic NHL goalie, but he's got something there. And, and I've talked to Wildey before. Wildey's a goalie. He knows, knows a lot about goalies. He says there's a lot to like about DiPietro. The guy's just a competitor. He learns quickly. And yeah, he's a bit wild in that, but he's willing to listen, which is what you want out of a kid. So yeah, I think in a perfect world, he's starting all the games for Utica right now. Like That's obviously the best scenario. And I think that could have happened had they found a way to do it. But all of a sudden, they've got St. Louis in the same farm team. And I understand COVID is a, bit, a different situation, but now it's like, You've got a journeyman blues goaltender getting your starts. Like, it's just... But it's in Utica. Like, it's their yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, like, like, why are you being that nice? Yeah, like, we're going to let their guy take it, but we have a what? guy. Yeah, so to me, it's it's insane, and it's just... I think, I they, think right now it is just the worst case scenario for, for DBR to be sitting out, not getting any games. Because like you said, he was showing so much promise with Utica last year. Like this is the, the best case scenario would have been let him run with the, the ball this year. They thought too much happened. of that taxi squad. I think they put it on a pedestal way too much and just oh, thought yeah. like this it is what like we it, need right? to have. Like, And yeah. that really that's that's ultimately what it's become. Like now you look at that's the only position and everything else is cast off. It's like, oh, well, at least Louis there just in case or at least Michaelis or Howard. Like, like all those guys are just kind of sitting there. And like whatever, and the only guy that really matters was Di Pietro. When you could have had anyone else in that spot, and those other five guys realistically weren't going to factor in unless there was an injury, and it just saves you from a call up. That's about it. So, I mean, again, another blunder. But Ted, you've got one, and then we'll get into the last thing there. No, I just I'm on board with you. I think it's almost like an like an NFL practice squad, right? I mean, these guys are just never going to get a sniff unless crazy, crazy things happen. And, and what kind of things have to happen for a guy like Di Pietro to, to get in there? I mean, I, if, I suppose if we were to ask Di Pietro what he would rather, would he rather be on the practice squad, you know, or would he rather be playing in Utica? I bet you he would say he would rather be here because he's literally one shitty thing happening away from, from getting into NHL games. This is ultimately what those guys want. But that being said, it was just the wrong plan. And, and to answer your question, Ryan, I do think that it probably would have been crazy for them to start the season with Di Pietro and, and Demko. I, I think you can't talk a game like you have like you have playoff aspirations and you're you're ready to make a, a push and take a step and then and then employ a rookie goaltender that has no NHL experience that hasn't really won the job, right? Yeah. Um, but I think you know Di Pietro did good things, obviously in Utica, and we're all pulling for him. And we really want him. To, it seems like he's got the chops uh, to be an NHL goalie. He kind of reminds me of like a Craig Anderson, right? He's like a smaller guy and you know, somewhat athletic, but he's just such a competitive guy. Right. So, but he did similar things to, to what Demko did and what Schneider did and these other goalies that they've developed in, in, in their farm systems that it seems like he is just ready to go along that same humble pace that these other guys have gone. Um, and that doesn't mean bringing him up to the NHL as, as your backup goaltender. I think he needs to play games. I think the franchise should have recognized that there should yeah. have been a plan for him. Um, and there should have been a space for him in Utica. Just have him bursting at the seams and then bring him up. Like that's that's been there. That's been the way for the last. Dripping with confidence when he was there last year. Yeah, I want that to keep rolling. So. so anyway, final final little segment here. Um, we talked about this before. We got going. Um, I was scrolling through. I don't, I don't know if you guys see this on Facebook or why. If you're a Facebooker, um, the cameos. I've started seeing like an ad for cameos, kind of scrolling across. The first one I noticed, which was kind of weird, um, the other day was Jenna Jameson. I thought that that'd be a weird cameo to get. Like if someone's like, "Oh, I wonder who that is." Oh, I'll just whatever. I'll get that. Like your mom, you know, is checking in. And you're like, "Oh, you got a cool birthday cameo." Who's Jenna Jameson? Like, oh, just, just a lady just from from. She's on the internet just nobody so i was just trying to think like who would be if you could have um if you could get a cameo from any person living or dead um we'll start with wyatt like who, who would you pick 
not not or not who might you pick, but <laughs> who who would no, you pick? Is, yeah, I have, to, I have to dedicate myself. Uh, I'm still thinking about Jenna Jameson there. That's like, what would you talk about? Like, I know, like it's just like, weird, right? Like, yeah, like that. I mean, I loved your work. I, I liked your videos. Hey, they were very helpful big, at a time when I needed it. <laughs> like, big fan. <laughs> yeah. It feels like she would just give you like a sobering reality talk about how life after the biz, and I'd be like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It's like okay. talking to like an old wrestler, right? Like after the business is beating them up and throwing them out, you're like, oh, okay. It's not the sexy side of the industry that I thought. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know. So you um, see Razor Ramon now and it's just not what you thought it was. Oh, poor Razor. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad he's, I think he's sober still right now. But he's, yeah. I think he's figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. When he was, when he was drunk, oh, man, that was so sad. It was rough. Able to walk. I loved Razor, man. So watching that, so yeah. Um, Again, uh, I think I might. Uh, no, I will. I will go. Uh, just Freddie Mercury. I just want uh, just to talk about, you know, I think I was one of those talented guys I've ever seen. I just want to hear him talk about when he had the crowd in the palm of his hands. Like, you know, I love The Rock and how he kind of controls the crowd and stuff. But when Freddie Mercury would get up there, he would just turn to the showman and just have the entire crowd eating out of his hand. Like, I love people when they have their creativity and they're going out there and doing their thing. I, nothing I love more than that. And I get involved in indie wrestling and I see, like, you go to the Commodore, you see these young kids going out there and have these crowds, like, loving it. I love that stuff. So just to see someone who at the top of their game and just talk about how, like, they just ran the show and people couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, Wembley Stadium, just watching that and the entire crowd, just like how they just completely stole every single, like, they stole the show. No one could mm-hmm. follow them. And I just would have loved to, to chat about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I like that. We've all seen Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously. Um, and just seeing that Live Aid, I've, uh, one of my coworkers, he, uh, I believe he was at Live Aid. And he watched the movie. He was actually on uh, playing with my dad, and they were watching it. And he said the live aid, you know, scene came up, and he just started tearing up. Like, oh man, that's like, amazing. And I'm just thinking, like, you were there, and obviously, if you were there, you probably would tear up too. Mm-hmm. I just thought, like, imagine what that would have felt like. Like, what that knowing what you know what we all knew I, at that point, if we were around then, you know, that would have just been absolutely wild. And just seeing it again. You know, you watch it on YouTube or you watch the movie and you just think like, man, they were that big. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty epic. And really like transcended, right? I mean, so I have I have young kids and I think like my, my oldest at the time was like 12 or something like that. And she's like, oh, what are you watching? And like, oh, we're watching Bohemian Rhapsody. This is Freddie Mercury. And they're like, well, who's that? I don't know. Well, he's played in, he was in this band Queen. Well, who's Queen? I've never heard of Queen. And then we started, okay, pause the movie. Start playing all these Queen tracks. She's like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song too. Before you know it, you know, she knows like, you know, 10 songs, right? So these kids, even the kids who don't know, know, right? I mean, he's really mm-hmm. that, that big, that, that much of a gravity that he pulled towards him. So yeah, I think that's really cool. And I like that one. I'm going to go next because I'm, I'm always so nice. So I'm going to, it was a toss up. I'm going to go with Bill Murray. My backup was Phil Hartman. Cause I just mm. like, why, why Phil Hartman first? Before I just, he, before he passed away, like I was a, big news radio fan and i didn't know he did snl um i never had watched it growing up but i watched news radio and then eventually started to see all the old snls and like he was just such an interesting guy like he just struck me as like this guy that like he was very quippy very funny um but like naturally funny and i'm sure that like he we would have just it would be an interesting conversation and I mean, you'd be laughing at probably the most random things, which is kind of why I picked Bill Murray. Um, Groundhog Day was on last night, which is one of my favorite movies. My wife absolutely hates it. Um, 
if if any of you guys have seen that uh, documentary on uh, was it I can't remember if it's called Finding Bill Murray or whatever it is, all these random situations where people run into him and like he's the most random weird guy. Like he'll just show up at someone's house party and like he did their dishes. Like the Bill Murray just shows up and like you've seen him do like uh, you know take me out to the ball game. Big Cubs fan. Like love sports. Like he's just. I don't know. He's just like that one guy that he's miscast himself. And yet, you know, you see all of these roles and like a lot of them feel like they are him in some small way. And I think, you know, having seen this one documentary and if you guys haven't seen it, it is amazing. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix. And um, like he's just I don't know, like I would just pick his brain and he'd probably just bring up some random thing like in our house and we'd end up talking about like a fishbowl or something and i would be like enthralled with that for some reason so i don't even have a fishbowl so i'm gonna quickly jump on that um one of my favorite books i've read was about just the beginnings of saturday Night live because there's always like these new ventures that come out where there's like a ton of talent people around the world and like the first time something comes out all these talent people kind of rise to the surface like when ufc first came around the first one real like all of a sudden there was these talented fighters on the world all of a sudden they came out at once like holy there's so much talent and that doesn't really happen and only it's only at the beginning that kind of comes through and snl is the same thing all of a sudden there are all these comedians around the world and all these funny people came together and just the book about how they all came to be and how they all like all their personalities intersected and bill murray there and like how like the the chevy chase jealousy and all the stuff that kind of went on with that was so interesting because like they were the you know the best people at their jobs extremely funny people and just seeing how like the impact they had and like you know their imprint on society it was so much fun um great book to read so yeah i, I definitely like that choice for bill murray interesting interesting i might have to check that out it, i'll say after the show like it is a really good yeah, book it sure. has a bunch of interviews with a bunch of people from snl and just like obviously the jealousies the camaraderie the friendship all the stories just kind of how they like kind of you know didn't know if they're going to make it but like just just a great book hmm yeah, like by and large, it's supposed to be the Dosecchi's guy that's the most interesting man in the world, but it actually could be Bill Murray. Yep. I don't know. That's a good pick. I like that one. I think if I'm going to pick somebody, I, I'm going to go with, this is this is probably way off board and it probably doesn't suit me at all, but I'm going to go with David Attenborough. Really? Yeah. I just think the guy, I mean, he's, he's pushing 95. He's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's seen like every inch of this earth, it seems. Um, and honestly, I could just listen to him talk like forever. Like all I would really want him to do, like maybe I could just write him out what I did that day and then he could just read it off. And he picked uh, and, up his and then pen he could just, it was like, I, I would have part of me. He yeah, picked exactly. up his pen and a calculator. And like, I, I always think back to, <laughs> I always think back to watching planet earth and watching him, like listen to him talk about grass. Like, I don't give a shit about grass. Why do I care about grass right now? Um, but he's just got that voice, right? I mean, he's got that instant respect. And and if if I'm going to keep a track of him, of him talking about me to me, I mean, that's what I want to listen to for sure. I think it's David Arbro. Now I got to go watch Planet Earth while I'm editing this thing. Thanks a lot. Still still holds up. It does still hold up. And I waited. I remember you guys were you and Matt. You were telling me like way back when you got to see Planet Earth. You got to see Planet Earth. I said I'm not going to watch it. Until I get Blu-ray, because I said I don't want to watch this on standard def. I need to appreciate everything that this is. So I remember we got the the plasma at the time, got a PS3, had the Blu-ray. I'm thinking, oh, I'm pretty awesome now. So the first thing I went and got was Planet Earth, and we crushed that. And I just thought, like, this is what I waited for. It was awesome. And it, you're right, it's grass and like, you know, some bugs, but it was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. So yeah, I I like that pick. It is definitely off the board, but I like it. I want to change mine. Uh, I want David to watch a Jenna Jameson clip with me and just commentate on it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking there? <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. That might kill him, but yeah. 
Oh man, now that needs to happen somehow. <laughs> so, but just pay both of them, right? Yeah, I'll both of them there. Yeah, yeah. Go this is a double cameo. How does that work exactly? Like, can't, I need can't unthink that one. People don't forget. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the script in my head, and it's so bad. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we're getting to that point. I guess we are at that point. Um, Wyatt, oh, this is our. I hurt my cheeks. That one did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best part of the show, right there. Um, why this is kind of the the shameless self promotion time? So uh, give yourself thirty seconds or so, and uh, let everybody know what's going on besides the obvious, because everybody knows what you do. But uh, if there's anything uh, you want to promote, by all means, this is the floor for you. Uh, yeah. So follow TTP Show on Twitter because we're doing the floorboards, floorboards, uh, floorboards, floorboards of glory, which is uh, you know we talked about how we can go down the rabbit hole of Canucks history. It's uh, taking the top sixty four most irreverent memories that have lasted the test of time with Canucks fans. Um, we're going to have a March Madness tournament. You're going to vote on which memory you like the best and see who wins. And we have a lot of guest appearances lined up. Some you might even expect. So I'm not going to say who, but we've got people I've reached. I don't have a big contact list, but I've reached everyone I can to kind of get some either former players, other media, just kind of fun people to kind of jump in and uh, give the the history of the moment in question. And then you get to choose and vote. So it's hopefully going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys just look out on Twitter for it. You'll see uh, uh, some fun stories. We've got a nice trip down memory lane. I briefly looked at it, and I have to double check, but was the Yarko Rutu um, Kurt Angle ankle lock in there? On Was it on DN Phaneuf? Is yeah, that in there? Trip there, the trip there, that is in there for sure. Excellent. Yep, that, Perfect. Yep. Well, that's my vote right there. <laughs> that, that goes kind to of, the final four. What kind of a seed did Lyndon putting somebody through the glass get? Now, uh, I thought about seeding all 64 items and the doing the math and the science and trying to come up with a system for that. And then it an randomized it. No. Yeah, I randomized it. So I, yeah, it, it got a random <laughs> seed. Some people are like, this seed doesn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, it probably doesn't. So <laughs> don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't want to choose. So you could have hired I just kept all these ones that. apart. Like, like it was a, if it was a really strong one, I kept it away from another. That's the only thing I really did. But, oh, okay. Just yeah. using mental foresight to do that. Exactly. Yeah, using okay. my, use my gut feeling. Screw analytics. It was just about gut feeling. And it's design. not like having like a, a, you know, a king of the ring and like, all right, so we've got Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, Bret Hart, The Rock. So you can't do that. You yeah. you, you can't no. put them all in the same bracket. No, there's a Brooklyn Brawler in there for sure. So. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, have, you have to have somebody get there. Barry so. Horowitz, you might get upset, but he's not going far. <laughs> yeah, hey, you, you identify know what? who the Brooklyn Brawler is to, to name it to see if it gets past the first round. Barry Horowitz had a big win too. Is wasn't it on uh, Bob Backlund? Didn't he beat Bob Backlund? Wasn't it when the body Donna's? It was. I think he got. Oh, maybe I, it was. Yeah, I think. I think he got skipped. They got real mad about it, and Sonny was so mad. That's right. That's right. Barry Horowitz. Oh man, yeah, patting himself on the back. With yeah, his, <laughs> the jacket with the hand on it. Oh, what, what, what would that moment be in Canuck history? That must be like a be like a Mike Fountain shutout in his first game or something. And like the almost goal. And the almost goal. He was off by a foot yeah. and a bit, but. Yeah, that's a good one. That would that would be that would be a repo man. That that's just, or or an Arshyster maybe. Yeah. Um, this awesome. has been a lot of fun. Um, any final words, Ted? No, I just hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. And I, we really enjoy your stuff. I have no idea how much time you actually invest into writing armies each night. So, um, yeah, we we really appreciate your stuff. I really appreciate your stuff. So keep doing what you're doing, man. I'll keep reading. 
Thanks so much, boys. Yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely the fastest writer of me, Harmon Drance, but they're also they go much deeper than I do, clearly. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good system we have going on where we kind of rotate in and out. But I'm glad people enjoy my weird references I make. You guys do it proud. It's uh, it's tough to follow up what you 100%. needed to follow up. But at the same time, I think uh, just like a lot of us, as we're trying to have a voice in a different way, uh, we're all trying to carry it as a group, I think. And you guys do such an awesome job at that. And um, I know a lot of people kind of sign up for The Athletic and you know well you know everybody thinks it's like so personal like the athletic like the athletic is everywhere it's in every major city so nfl you know baseball whatever tennis fantasy sports racing whatever so i mean vancouver is one part of it but uh, when you hear all the people that are signing up because of you guys um it just shows to what you guys do put out for content. And it's definitely worth it. I have always believed in um, a subscription-based service because, you know, if there is actual quality content out there, it deserves to be compensated for. So, um, why as well, I will say thank you so much for coming by. Um, You definitely have a busy schedule, as we've discussed, but uh, we do appreciate you coming on the PP1 podcast. Um, Everybody, make sure you uh, still like and retweet and all that for the headphones. We're giving away a set next week. And uh, another pair of slides uh, tomorrow, so make sure you get in on that. Or not a pair, the buy one, get two pairs for free. So make sure you like and retweet all that, and you guys will be finding out. Other than that, this is another episode of the PP1 Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace out. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Don't skip this ad. I saw your finger. You were trying to skip the ad. I didn't want to do this, and now we're stuck in it together. I'm Ryan. I'm the host of The Lens Report. The Lens Report is a snarky, humorous, yet balanced look at the headlines that fill your timeline every day. We're going to get straight to the point without muddying any of the waters. And remember, The Lens Report is not your parents' news commentary. We swear a lot here, like a whole lot. So tune in and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and find us at criermedia.co or wherever you get your fine podcasts like they say at the end of all of these ads it's podcasting why are we doing ads <sighs>